and welcome to an extra special episode of Lex Education, the comedy science podcast that keeps the woke firmly in science. And the comedy also firmly there. And the science, we're not that fussed about it. Uh, It's where... Me, comedian Laura Lex, tries to learn woke comedy science from her woke as fuck brother, Woke Ron. Hi, yeah, Woke. Boy. Or, or, yeah, they. Um, yeah, I <laughs> It's real woke here. Um, I had a mothering first this afternoon, Ron. Oh, yeah? I went to a soft play. The band previously known as Slaves? They changed their name to Soft Play. Yeah, they did. That's arguably worse than the concept of slavery. Yeah. Um, yeah, they issued a statement about it. They were like... I remember that happening, but I'd yeah. never heard of them at that point, And I did think that that was overkill, needing to change the name of that band. Mm. We've started on contentious subjects, haven't we? Mm. Look at us woken about. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I Actually, I just want to take a second. I'm so surprised and impressed you got that as a joke. Just like that you'd heard of them. Yeah. I thought that was going to be a joke for about three listeners. Um, Do you know what? I'd only heard of it because that was around the time of the George Floyd and, and the like the big rethink on race matters, wasn't it? I feel it was more recent than that, but I might be wrong. Oh, I thought it was around then. I remember seeing it on Instagram, like their statement. Mm. Um, but anyway, I went to a soft play and um it was all right it was not bad but oh, yeah. what my was it child called? um paradise park in new haven that sounds like a hospice but okay yeah well it's massive <laughs> i'll take you next time you're down ron there's three separate bits of soft play one for like teeny people one for medium people one for what was meant to be six to 11 year olds obviously a child of the podcast only went on that one <laughs> oh god okay fine crack on um, and there's like a whole dinosaur expedition. Like to get in there, you go through a whole long thing, which is all about the evolution of the world. We could do like a National Treasures meets Lex Education day trip there, Ron, and record on a day out looking yeah. at the evolution of the world. Um, and then there's a garden centre. You know I love a garden centre. Already got a lot of Christmas tat in it, which is getting me excited for the Christmas feels, Lovely. Ron. I'm very excited about Christmas this year. Christmas Tat and Garden Centres is the only thing squashing down my crushing climate anxiety at the fact that it's still T-shirt weather in early October. It's not T-shirt weather in uh, Bristol anymore. Oh, really? If that makes you feel better, yeah. It's like 20 degrees and blazing sunshine here. I've gone on to my autumn slash spring jacket. Oh, maybe I need to move to Bristol. You should move to Bristol. Bristol's legit. (sighs) Well... Cut that bit, Ron. Um, how are you? What have you been up to? I'm good. My heart is very full of love today. Um, Why? Doing the research for this episode was very nice. I've had a yeah? good time. Yeah, I sacked off work for large persuades of the afternoon. I did think you were texting me a lot this afternoon. Um, yeah, I, um, uh, yeah, I feel very passionate about this. Um, so I've had a good day doing that. Otherwise, I'm good. I'm... I'm uh, swamped with hobbies um for the first time in a long time yesterday i just relaxed in the evening on my own without like wanting to make plans with anyone else i watched darjeeling limited by wes anderson mm-hmm. um and was just 
comfortable in my own company for several hours, and that's really nice. Who are you, and what have you done with Ron? I know, right? <laughs> I went out for dinner last night oh. with Tom. Oh, date night. Yeah. And and uh, COTP? No, we got a babysitter. Oh. And we went out. Was it was it like a surly teen? Did no. you have to give them twenty quid for pizza? That's, I did joke about that on the way home. And I was like, "Who's going to drive the babysitter home?" No, it's a friend who goes to our toddler group. So I'm having her child of her non-podcast. She didn't have a podcast. She just has a child, I suppose. Yeah. I'm having her child in a couple of weeks for an event. So she came over and sat downstairs while I was slept. It feels like a waste of money, though, because she doesn't wake up. I'm like, God, I wish it was the 70s and I could just leave her, because what's the point? God damn those McCanns. Ugh, right? Went out for dinner and had Did you go to, what's it called, um, Pinocchio's? No. Did you go to Red Snapper? No. Did you go to Moshimo? No. Wow, you guys are pushing the boat out, tell me. We went real fancy. We had, there were only two of us. The bill was £195. Damn. But do you know what? It's our first night out since Chad of the Podcast arrived. It was both of our birthdays in the last couple of weeks. We just wanted to treat ourselves and be a little bit spoiling ourselves. I had oysters for the first time, Ron. Oh, how did you find them? I liked it. Yeah? Like, here's a thing, though, that me and Tom were discussing. The oysters were really nice. They were really lovely. I said to him, though... If I walk into a party and they've got like silver bowls full of fancy foods, you know, like oh caviar and little dishes or oysters or just really, really nice French fries, I would always be happier with really nice French fries than any other food. I'm with HOTP on this one. What, you'd prefer it to be oysters or caviar? Now, you've presented kind of a split dichotomy there because well, you said... those are fancy foods, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But they're not the only fancy foods. And I'm not saying I would... Actually, I probably would because I don't get to eat those very much. Um, but bowls and bowls of really good oh, French fries. Wait, oh, okay. You're saying real... Oh, you're saying bowls and bowls. I thought you meant just like a French fry versus an oyster. No. Um, I mean, I, you know I don't eat it that much. You're you're talking to the wrong choir. I don't know what the metaphor is. But French fries, you're going wrong if you can still recognise that a French fry was a potato at one point. That is not the point of a French fry. I don't really like chips that much. Oh, God, I forgot how much I despise you. Yeah. Um, We haven't chatted much recently. No, we haven't. No. No. Oh, fun news, though. So on Friday, um, Mm -hmm. patrons will have heard our PE episode where yeah. firstly, we talk about deep breathing. Secondly, you explain the rules of rugby to me. Um, by the time this episode goes out, I will have gone to see a live rugby match, Ron. Ooh, which one are you going to see? Bath. Rugby. Oh, cool. What? In Bath? Yeah. At the On rec. Saturday. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's fun. Who are you going with? Yeah. I'm going on a hen party. Oh. And I have to go and see a rugby match. Rugby is a lot of fun. I went to see the rugby at the weekend. Yeah, you went to see Scotland versus... Romania Romania. with sports correspondent Max, who has agreed to do a segment with us if we want to do that. Ah, Nutella? Yeah. Oh, Max, I will do that with him in exchange for one invitation to his wedding. (laughs) What, What, so you're going to ask him for two things? 
Yes, yes. Or he can replace that wily fox Noah in the Patreon. <laughs> so, gentle boy of the podcast. <laughs> uh who offered to join the Patreon, despite the fact he's not a listener. Mm. Um, But came to the live show. But came to the live show. Um, Listen to the... um uh, the intros and outros that you featured in and then said to me at the gym the other day, I really liked it. The, I, I might just listen to the intros and outros from now on. I think they're the best bits. I agree. They're certainly my favourite bit of this shitty donut. The mm. middle bit just feels stressful, but not today because today's a special episode. Today is a special episode. Um, yeah. So I'm going to see a rugby match. Fun. That's very exciting. Bath. I'm nominally a Bath supporter. I was a Bath supporter when I, I was a child. Bath are playing. Let me have a look. Bath rugby fixtures. Oh, they're playing Exeter. Oh, that's a local derby, basically. Oh, Exeter Chiefs. That's a good game. That's, that'll be fun. Are they still called Exeter Chiefs? As far as I know. Hmm. I don't know if yeah. that's like a Native American thing. Well, looking at their logo, it is. Oh. But yes, they are still called the Chiefs by the look of this logo. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, don't our cousins support Bath Rugby? That yeah, logo I'm pretty sure that's why I was a fan because um, Auntie Sue of the podcast bought me a shirt when I was a kid. Oh, well, I'm going to see them on Saturday and I'll report back as to whether I understand it so much more having had our PE lesson. Nice. Um, yeah, the Rex are good ground as well. That's where I saw my first ever game of rugby. Maybe I'll stop playing too, Ron. Do it's a really fun sport. I won't. No, you won't. <laughs> I would hate to play rugby. No. It looks horrible. I don't want anything to bash up my beautiful, beautiful face. No. <gasps> um, Tom should play rugby. Yeah, he'd be a good second row. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the scrum. In the scrum. Yeah. yeah. Um. What else? What? What else? What else? My band booked our first gig. Ah! <gasps> when? It's the Christmas party at a National Trust property. Oh! <gasps> yes! Oh, what date, Ron? I don't know yet, but um, a friend of mine works there, and then they were they wanted a band, and she was like, "Oh, my friend's in a band," um, and then she was like, "Oh, do you want to play this gig? Uh, do you want to play the Christmas party?" And I was like. Yeah, but we don't really want to learn, like, you know, a bunch of Christmas songs or covers. Why not? Like, don't want to be, like, a function band. Like, we played songs that we've written. Um, and then she was like, hang on, I'll go ask. And then they were like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so it's going to be us just playing a bunch of quite heavy rock music to what I presume is a, um, <laughs> going to be a room full of mainly people 60 plus. Um but is it a work do at a National Trust place? Um, like, have they hired the National Trust place, or is it the National Trust putting it's on the It's the National event? Trust's work oh. do. <laughs> yeah. Mate, please just learn Jingle Bells, all right? Learn a rocky cover of Jingle Bells. 
but I think it'll be fun, and um, we'll at least get some good videos and photos out of it because it should be scenic, right? It's like yeah, it. it's beautiful there. So Matt, noise next door, Matt. Mm-hmm. He did a couple of years of being one of the actors. They have like um, Christmas themed actors oh. uh, around that time, and he like lived there for six weeks for a couple of years. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it, and I went to visit him when he was doing that. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was fun. I I um, I keep on meaning to go, but everyone else went when I wasn't living in Bristol, so I can't find anyone to go with. I'll go with you, Ron. Yeah, we'll go. Let's have a Christmas date. Sack off this hen... Maybe not that. Sack off this um, hen do and let's go at the weekend if you're in the West Country. But you're here. On Sunday. Oh, I could come and see you on Saturday. No, you're at a hen do, Laura, and we'll see each other on Sunday. (laughs) So you're coming over Sunday. Yeah. What time? Just whenever I feel like it, really. Oh, well, why don't I just drive you when I'm done at the hen party? What time will that be? Like lunchtime, I'm going to leave. Oh, yeah, that I'm going would to be... the spa in the morning, and then I was going to get in the car and go. That would be great. Bath is... You'd have to come to Bath. Can you just get the train across to Bath? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. Cool, yeah, I'll drive you. Oh, nice. I thought you were going to be back late. No, I will be done by then. <laughs> I don't know anyone going except the hen, and I haven't seen her for about a decade, so I'm not good at small talk with strangers. That is fair. That's Mm. very fair. There's a good chance I'll ring you Saturday night and come and stay at yours. Yeah, you're you're very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Ron, what are we doing today? It's the end of Gentle Boy of the Podcast's favourite bit, and it's time for the episode. Yeah, fuck off, Shizzy. Um, Get out of here, you gentle little man. It's been a horrible week in the news. Yeah. Uh, The the Conservative... um, Who I regret voting for now. I, I regret every time I've voted for them and all those kisses I give my posters of Liz Truss. Yeah! Why do I keep falling... Like, every time they say they're different and I go, go on then, one more general election, lads. Have... Oh, you've trickoed me again! See, I've got faith in them, though, because, like, you know, the first 13 years of my life, I was nothing. I was boring and ugly. And then when I hit 14, you know, 14 through now... Look Maybe at me. this is just their puberty era then. Yeah, that's why they're striking out. They're getting a bit old. Just keep voting for them. Just yeah. keep voting for them. Well, yeah, got to back them. Got to back the lads. Yeah, who else are we going to back? Other people? Well, no. T- I mean, like, let's be real. I'm not fucking backing Keir Starmer either. But I love him. I don't. He's basically one of them, but he's another option to vote for them, isn't he? One of them, but, um, yeah. Just, but just pasty looking. Yeah. Less, you know, less sure of himself. <laughs> That's good. That's nice. I like it. Anyway. Did you volunteer for the Greens in the end? They are still trying to work out what they want to do with my skill set. Kiss it. Mm. Um, which is frustrating because I do want to help. Um, I've eaten so much chocolate, Ron. I feel ooh. alive. Yeah, I feel really alive too. Really nice chocolate too. Anyway, uh, Laura, I'm in, Laura I'm trying to introduce the episode. 34% hazelnut. Yes, that is grand. That's a lot of hazelnuts. Yes. Hazelnuts refreshes your breath naturally. So, um, yeah, it's been a horrible week in the news. Conservative Party Conference has been an absolute clown shower of shit. So we decided, A, 
as it's pretty scary and it's Halloween month, and B, as it's episode pretty uh, 69, which is pretty gay, um, we were going to do an episode on LGBTQ plus people in science. Yeah, they tell us that they're going to cut the woke out of science. We say science isn't about chasing down an ideology, you morons. It's about just going with the facts, even if they feel wrong and probably are wrong. You have to say yes to them to run in the quiz. Not, I'm not going to hang my hat on that. But <laughs> uh, I thought that was a pretty good summation. Science, science changes. Science does change. Woke is a good thing. Let's not. And what we learned at that primary that's an school insult. And was also, not the be all and end all of all the facts. It was a summary of basics. No, but I think designed for children. I think what you'll be surprised about here is how long ago a lot of this stuff was because science has always been woke. Yeah. Remember when they killed Galileo? Yes. Yeah. Was he woke or just right? They called him woke. But now look at us. Thrilled with him. Yeah. Woke earth going around the sun. Yeah. Woke ideas. Galileo. (laughs) That's what they probably said to him. Huh? Very nice, very nice. Okay, so the first person that we're going to talk about today, Laura, is... So hang on, sorry, I think I interrupted what we were going to be doing. Do you want to set the scene? You interrupt me consistently for about seven minutes, then (laughs) interrupting us. I will be quiet for two and a half minutes. What what more do I need to say? What are we doing? We're going through a... um, We're going to talk about LGBTQ plus people in science and their amazing contributions to the woke shit brigade that apparently science is now. Okay. Um, Drum roll, please. Oh, oh no, that's not going to come out till after this, though. Ignore those youngs. Um, Okay, first person on the list, Laura. Why are you frowning at me? Um, first person on the list A name I knew but I had no idea what he did Marco Ju- Pierre White No I know very well who Marco Pierre Tracy White is Tracy Chapman I know very well who Tracy Chapman is Franz Ferdinand I know both Franz Ferdinands Chris Akabusi I don't know who Chris Akabusi is but Maybe I've heard Chris that Akabusi. name <laughs> No it's not it's George Washington Carver Oh You ever heard that name before? Yes, but only in the context of being at a dinner party with the late president and offering him a sparkling wine. Very nice. <laughs> very, very nice. I'm very formal when I'm waitressing. Uh, George Washington Carver. So, George Washington Carver. We once Carver. nearly got into a fight with uh, Teddy Roosevelt because I said, Teddy Roosevelt, brute. And uh, he slapped me with his glove. But I said, it's merely a fizzy drink, sir. You should have quit while you were ahead. <laughs> I never will. <laughs> um, so GWC. You should have been there when uh, Ronald Reagan said that he was actually anti-Secco. <laughs> can we get, can we do some of the content? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, George Washington Carver He was a chemist and a botanist, Laura He loved bottoms You've eaten too much (laughs) chocolate 
<laughs> I was in such a bad mood, Ron. It really was this or absolute fury. No, this is the kind of exactly the kind of energy we need. Keep this up for a bit because we've got to blow through some sad stuff. So George Washington Carver, born around 1860. He didn't know when he was born because he was born into slavery and had a very tragic oh. childhood where he, his sister, and his mum were all kidnapped one time. Um, his uh, uh, the, the enslaver that, that he lived with sent some people to look, go after them, only found him. So he kind of grew up on oh. his own and his dad died when he was very young too but despite all of these um uh, all of these hardships and he wasn't allowed to go to public school because of his um race either he still learned how to read and write on his own ended up yeah basically carrying himself through he he, he joined several universities at, um at one point he yeah he went to he was accepted into highland university in kansas then when he turned up they were like oh, shit, wait, you're black? And then didn't let him in. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he went through all of this. He ended up um, founding, like, um, the... Because uh, you're still, you're talking, like, another hundred years before they had co-ed schools. Mm. Yeah, yeah, this was in, like, the 1890s. Um, fun yeah, little snippet about him is that his name was just George Carver, um and he he moved to a t- town at one point and then he kept on receiving letters for a different George Carver that lived in the town so he just randomly inserted a W into his name and then at one point because George Washington someone joked with him oh what's the W for Washington and he just went I don't know yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> and then um yeah went went by that for the rest of his life stop asking me stupid questions I've got bottoms to look at so, as you might imagine, at the time, um, so he, he, he lived in Kansas, right? Lots of, do you know what the main export of that area of the world would have been at the time? Kansas. Gold. No. Oil. No. What were all the slaves doing, Laura? Oh, cotton. It was cotton, yes. So you had all of the, um, all of the farmland around there getting rinsed for cotton right Mm. what george carver um sort of nailed down the science for was crop rotation and why we have to do Uh that so do you know why it's back in the soil one specific nutrient do you know nitrogen it is nitrogen yeah so humans have been doing put it back in peas yeah peas do yeah legumes are really good for it um so um i know things ron well yeah you're good at plants and that Yes. Humans have been doing this for thousands Mary's of years. Dam. There's evidence of Egyptians doing it like 6,000 years ago. Um, in the book I'm reading at the moment set in, well, now it's the 13th century, a um, uh, 14th century, sorry. They um, have just started doing that in feudal farming. Mm. Um, but nobody really knows why. They just know that it does help. Yeah. Um, so George Washington Carver basically worked out why that helps. It's, yeah, plants need nitrogen. Nitrogen helps them make amino acids. Amino acids help them make proteins. And then certain plants, well, when you're in the wild, it's a nice mix of all the plants, right? So it's getting taken out and put into the soil at basically yeah. equal rates. When you have a field, you have what is called a monoculture, where it's just it's one It's basically plant. a desert. No, it's a monoculture. Yeah, um, a desert. Why would that be a desert? Because that's a monoculture of sand, and this is a monoculture of just one thing, one plant. Stop. 
stop nodding. I'm shaking stop my shaking head. Stop shaking your head. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but then you have a monoculture um, and you have a plant like cotton, which is just taking nitrogen out of the soil. Soil's going to get real fucked up, yeah? Yeah, it's going to get bullied. So he, yeah, he basically formalized all of this and he was getting people to rotate in sweet potatoes and especially peanuts. He was very associated with the peanut. Um, oh, like Jimmy Carter. Yeah. He was a peanut farmer before he was president. Probably down to GWC at some point. Yeah, he, he worked out that you need to sub these things in, which had a loads of knock-on effects, right? So it meant less of the agricultural land in the area had to be taken up with farming cotton, which is obviously just a luxury product. Some of it was taken up with farming other luxury products, so then it boosted the economy Ferrero of the area. Rocher. But it also just meant that they could just grow more food in the area, um, and especially because the crops that they were having to weave in to then boost the cotton were all nutritious, delicious foods. Um, yeah, just really helped the nutrition in the area and had a really wide-reaching um, effect in um, in the community. Um, and he had loads of different ac- accolades. He was like, in 1916, he was honoured by the, um, I think it was the Royal Institution in in, um, uh, in the UK. Like, he was one of the few Americans to ever be Norman. Uh, I'm glad he got recognition in his lifetime then. Yeah. That's cool. That's better than nothing. Yeah, overall very good bloke, and um, yeah, got to see, got to, um, got to see that. He obviously stopped sort of working. He he founded a bunch of institutions, and has probably raised a lot of people out of food poverty because of the stuff that he did. Um, and um, yeah, got to live his, the rest of his life happily. He was um, one of these sort of confirmed did he bachelors. Get to start a- oh, okay. But um, lived the last decades of his life with um, the person who's presumed to have been his lover. Yay! Yeah, we like George Washington Carver. Big fan of the GWC. Yeah, good guy, good guy. The next person that we're going to learn a little bit about, Laura, um, is a woman called Sarah Josephine Baker. Different from Josephine Baker, I assume. Who's Josephine Baker? Wasn't Josephine Baker the fruit dancing lady? Maybe it's different to that. I'm sure Josephine Baker was that cool woman that um um she was French and she danced and like the famous she was a famous dancer. Yeah, of of fruit hat fame, right? I think so. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I'm pretty sure that was Josephine Baker. Yeah, I think I'm right. She's gorgeous. She, um, yeah, she was like an activist and spy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, not Okay, her. but this is a different one. This is a different lady called Josephine, Sarah Josephine Baker, who was a Quaker. Oh, oh, I've Googled her. I would find her less sexy dancing. She looks more like a librarian. I mean, she was a doctor, so uh, not a million miles away. Basically, she was born a Quaker in 1873. And what then... is a Quaker? I love their oats. I don't really know what they are. Uh, they're just like a religious order. Oh, like Christianity. Yeah, well, uh, of yeah, of Christianity, yeah. Cool. Um, her, when, when I was little, I used to call Quaker oat crunchies crope up crunchies. Oh. They were one of my favourite breakfasts. And start. Can't get start these days. Don't make it. Bastards. Yeah, it's woke to start. When she was a teenager, her brother and father died of typhoid. Um, so with no men around, she, she had to go get a bloody job. Bloody hell, Harry. And without a strong male role model, she decided to become a doctor. 
Um, she didn't know that that was a marriage <laughs> job. You nearly said a strong rail mole model, and I was thinking of like a like a hench fat controller mole. <laughs> Someone draw that, please. We'd like to yes! see that on the socials very soon. A strong um, rail mole model. She is quoted with saying, um, uh, and I imagine in one of those sort of um, you know early nineteen hundred sort of um, uh, pan Atlantic accents. Um, the way people keep dying from dis- uh, dying from disease, it struck me suddenly, was to keep them from falling ill. Healthy people don't die. It sounds like a completely witless remark, but at that time it was quite a startling idea. Yeah, champagne glasses are getting dropped in surprise. <laughs> oh, heresy! Burn the witch! So, she was, uh, she studied to become... Again, a- Ron, to <clears throat> hark back to this book that I'm reading at the moment, set in the 14th century, they have, they're going through the plague at the moment, and one of the nuns is, is just in um, trying to persuade them all to wear masks on their faces, and everybody's going, no, I'm not going to wear masks, it's ridiculous, like the stick-in-the-mud um, monks and stuff, and she's got this thing about, like, there should be two separate areas of the hospital, one for the plague and one for all the other stuff going on, because I think it's airborne and they're all going, no, it's the humours. It's nothing to do with that. And it's very um, telling to nowadays. Yeah, I think people back, I mean, that. I, I don't know if anyone was quite that advanced in their thinking of it back then, but they did think it was passed on by bad, like diseases could be passed on by bad smells. So when you see like those plague doctors with like the yeah. beaky noses, those beaky noses were full of potpourri to get rid of the yeah. smell. And I'm assuming that this is based on um, lot some some sort of factual accuracy but the reason that like the church were anti a lot of the learnings like that like the wearing masks and stuff like in this case the characters learned it because she knows somebody that uh, a tradesperson that's come from Italy and brought news of how they're coping with it in Italy but then the church are like no because the Italians are doing it based on Muslim teachings so we're not going to do it because it's all heresy but I think the early like it's so good people don't like they don't worry about all of that stuff anymore. They uh-uh. just kind of take good ideas and run with them. Yeah, but um, th- I think some of the Islamic scholars like starting to think about the spread of I- infectious diseases, but they thought it was energy from the eyes. Um, like if you looked at a sick person, that the way you saw was like beaming out energy from your eyes was how you saw, and so you could pass on diseases by making by looking at someone if you were ill because your energy would leave your eyes. Interesting. Yeah. I'm assuming that's based in some sort of historical realism. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's been a really interesting book to read given like everybody being like, I will not wear a mask. And when it's was like, it you're written? Literally, oh, 25 years ago. A long time uh, ago. Yeah, I was just wondering if it was so that thinly veiled about COVID. Or no, if it was no, just no, no. It's, it's way older than that. That's cool. Um, but anyway, SJB, Sarah... Josephine Baker, a bit of um, Sarah Jessica Parker energy to that name, Sarah actually. Sarah Jessica Barker. Um, so she... I'm sure I know someone with a dog called Sarah Jessica Barker. Hmm, anyway. Maybe you do. Um, so she um, she went to work in an area um, called Clinton in Manhattan, which at the time was known as, the Hell, as Hell's Kitchen. Um, because so many people were dying there all the time. Um, it was considered the worst slum in New York. Um, the worst slum in New York. Hey, I'm dying here. Yeah, I got the typhoid. 4,500 people dying every week. Bloody hell, Harry, that's a lot. I don't know, 1,500 of them. 
babies. Oh. Yeah. Is typhoid the badger one? No, that's tuberculosis. More on no. that later. What's typhoid? A typhoid disease. Mary. Is that a thing? Hold that fucking thought, Laura. Okay. We'll come on to that in a second. My brain reels like a jumble of soupy words. <laughs> Just yeah, one floats to the surface. Alphabetty spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hang on, it's like it's like convening with the spirit world. I'm like, hold on, something's coming through. I've got a name. It, it's Typhoid Mary. Is that connected? In it? Does anybody know? A nah, Mary? it's more like when you're typing something into Google. Did you mean this? <laughs> Did you mean that? No, I didn't. Let me finish my sentence. <laughs> Most of the deaths um, for infants were caused by dysentery, although um, uh, of, uh, obviously dysentery is caused by you know unhygienic conditions so a lot of this was very preventable um, and just down to the fact that nobody you know like you know you'd have a kid at probably like 12 or something in those days and nobody's teaching mm. you how to do it um, so that's kind of what she focused on and really pioneered the way for is preventative medicine stopping people from ever getting ill and then they don't die um, so she um, like the first uh, the thing that she's really well known for is um, she taught mothers how to properly care for their babies um she invented formula for babies so that um oh. mothers could yeah support support their families and stuff uh, aside from just having tits um and and that that made people a lot healthier and and i suppose if you've got a high death in childbirth rating then formula is integral for babies that survive the birth and the mother doesn't being able to continue even if you can't get a wet nurse or somebody else yeah yeah, yeah. So lots of good stuff there. Um, and early, uh, this is directly from Wikipedia. Early in her career, Baker helped, uh, Baker twice helped to catch Mary Mallon, also known as Typhoid <gasps> Mary. Yeah, I, that's what I said about her. Yeah, I didn't know that Typhoid Mary was a real person. I thought it was like a, a saying thing. Um but so typhoid mary celeste <laughs> do you know so do you know anything about typhoid mary no so it, there were seven so it says um Mar- malin was the first known healthy carrier of typhoid um so she st- and she was a cook in new york so she started several outbreaks because she presented no symptoms was completely healthy herself but was infectious um and there were a couple of people they found like this but she was the um, she was the first one and then when they found her she just had to live in isolation for the rest of her life oh no yeah. Which is why she was famous, because she was just, like, around, living on her own all the time, because she just had typhoid. What is typhoid? Let's find out. I bet it's just a Is it like a virus. lung disease? It feels like a coughing thing. Yes, it feels like People it... still get it? <coughs> yeah. But then I don't know if I'm conversing. Tuberculosis is the one where you start coughing up blood, isn't it? Yeah, that's sateen in um, yeah, Moulin yeah, yeah. Rouge. Um, typhoid fever is caused by a salmonella bacteria. Oh, like a food poisoning. So it's a fever. Yeah, so it's sweating in a bed, someone with a cold towel. But now we just have um, a- antibiotics for it. I imagine so, yeah. Um, or has it been eradicated? I don't know. I thought only one disease had been No, we've got, yeah, we've got a vaccine for it now. Oh. Yeah. Um, only one thing's ever been eradicated, hasn't it, completely? I don't know. Oh, I'm sure I heard... Oh, why can I only ever remember half a fact? Polio's been... Well, although polio's coming back now because anti-vaxxers are dicks. Smallpox has been eradicated. Yeah. 
And I think, I think polio largely has as well. I think it largely has, but I believe smallpox has been like fully eradicated. Yeah, which is banging to be fair. Eradicated is a good word, isn't it? Mm. It is used in this context, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's Sarah Josephine Baker. How do we feel about her? Sazzles, I'm loving your work. I love a practicalness. I love it when like women in history, in sciences and things that they've largely been told not to be in get cool and practical and down to the actual nitty gritty of everyday life instead of being like thinking up all the learner doctoring. They just go like what's actually happening on the street that I can practically intervene and crack on with. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. The next person we're going to learn about is Alan L. Hart. Alan L. Hart. Oh, he was Two-Face in Christopher Nolan's Batman, I think. Very nice. Um, he was a physician, radiologist, and novelist. I hope that L stands for Lion. Uh, I can't remember what the L stands for. Um, born in Kansas, 1890. They're all from bloody Kansas, aren't they? Yeah, it was a very gay place. What's going on, Kansas? Oh, was Sarah a lesbian then? Yeah, I think so. I don't really care that she was on a list of influential LGBTQ plus scientists. Love it. Um... Alan L. Hart. So, we, you mentioned the other big lung disease of the time, tuberculosis. Tuberculosis! So, Alan uh, pioneered using x-rays to find the early signs of tuberculosis. Because for a long time, tuberculosis can just live in your lungs. Um, and it forms, um, you know, it forms like oh, plaques isn't the right word, but something like plaques. And then you die a little while. Well, you start coughing. You satine well, it up. You don't find and, out about it, and it, like by the time you show symptoms, it's too late. Kind of. Yeah, come what may, and then you die. Come. Oh, and she faints, and you're like, is it the corset? No, it's the burkles. Yeah, yeah, and so, so he he invented, well, he pioneered um, using X-rays to discover that by the time antibiotics were introduced which was in the 40s like during the second world war using the techniques that he developed um tuberculosis deaths were a 50th of what they were beforehand and it was previously the biggest killer in america jeez well done alan yeah he was also a successful novelist, wrote a bunch of books. And... No, if you're smart enough to be curing diseases, you can't be writing novels as well. You need to focus your mind. Leave novel writing for those of us that can't be helpful. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, I mean, he he was helpful there too because he, he wrote novels um, uh, and wrote uh, about a lot of um, queer characters in medicine. Oh, um, okay. and wrote a, then. Yeah, wrote a semi-autobiographical book called The Undaunted in 1936, which was about a gay radiologist who faced discrimination in the workplace. Um, which, Sorry, I got distracted thinking of the word gadiologist. Gadiologist. Well, semi-autobiographical, um, because actually Alan L. Hart was the first person to transition via surgery in the U.S., Oh, gender transition. Yeah. Um, so in oh. 1918, um, went under um, yeah um, tra- uh, gen- gender. Um, God, I can't think of the word. Gender assignment. Gender assignment surgery. surgery. Yeah. 
And it was very interesting reading about his life before that because um, he would summer with his grandparents where they just completely accepted it. So presented mail in the summers, had male friends there and hung out with them all the time and then would go back to um, uh, their other life um, the rest of the time. And their grandparents um, were uh, yeah completely just um, accepting of it over 100 years ago, which is... Which is weird because it only started to exist... Like in the last 10 years and nobody like even pretended to accept it at all until all these woke idiots started teaching. Yeah, it's weird how they've edited the um, his grandparents obituaries to change the pronouns and stuff. And um, also really villainized the obvious hero of the piece, which was Alan's mother, who was not friendly about it. But yeah, very, very cool person. Yeah, a 50th, that's mad. Yeah, yeah, um, saved fuck knows how many lives. Um, really cool. So next up, we have Sophie Wilson, commander of the British Empire. What an unassuming name, Sophie Wilson. Yeah. That feels like a little girl that loses her welly boots in an Alfie book. Sophie Wilson had curly hair. Mummy said <laughs> some people have curly hair and some people don't. No, Sophie Wilson was a, is rather, and they're still alive, is a no-nonsense computer scientist. Crack on, Soph! So, likelihood is that most, large proportion, if not most, of the people listening to this podcast are using something that Sophie Wilson um, created. Ears? No. Sophie Wilson invented ears? Sophie Wilson... Sophie Wilson invented... SIM cards. Closer. So Sophie Wilson worked at a company called Acorn Computers. Acorn. I used to have those at school. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Sophie Back Wilson in the day. Um, was a big part in building those. Aww. They developed something called um, the Acorn Risk Machine. Risk. Um, R I S C. Every fifth person that used the computer just had their fingers blown off. No, 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 no. You had to draw a bunch of cards and then, oh, cool, I got Cam Catcher, and then you put a guy there. And then... <laughs> nice. Um, no, RISC stands for Reduced Instruction Set Computer. He's already started with four places in Australasia. The game's basically his. <laughs> Three cannons, she. I've got no idea what this does. It's called an arm, um, but essentially, 90, uh, as of 2012, 95% of smartphones in the world use it. Whoa. Yeah. What do the other 5% use? Something else. In 2011, she was named number eight in a list of the 15 most important women in tech history. And that's the one that catches the ball out of the scrum? Number eight. Um... Come on, Ron. Yeah. I can't remember what the number eight actually does. but that No, was I think that's right? what the number eight does. Yeah, yeah was... Blonde! Well done. Yeah, uh, eighth most important woman in tech history, underwent gender reassignment surgery in the 90s. Acorn computers don't exist anymore, but she loves the theatre and is in charge of the costumes at her local theatre and sounds like a lovely woman. Yeah. I'm picturing the same theatre that I picture when I read The Boggart by Susan Cooper, read by David Rintoul. <laughs> I, I don't know the story of The Boggart. What? Did you never listen to The Boggart? Did, but I was so young I don't remember any of it. Emily and Jessup? I remember something about Megatherium. Or is that no. Five Children in It? That's not The Boggart. Yeah, that might be even Five Children it's in It. It's about a Boggart. What's a Megatherium? A giant sloth. No, that's not in The Boggart. 
Okay, and then the last person that we're going to go into in some detail um, is Nergis Mavalvala, um, who is an astrophysicist um, who... Now, I'm going to have to just read this verbatim because I understand fucking nothing about what <laughs> she, um, uh, what she uh, helped discover. But um, basically, she is part of the team of scientists that first observed gravitational waves from the collision of two black holes. Gravitational waves, extremely faint ripples in space-time, were previously unproven phenomena predicted by Einstein in his theory of general relativity. Um, it is set to revolutionize the way that we see and understand the universe, including direct observation of dark matter. Sounds, we should give Dara a ring and just double check that with him. Yeah, he's probably met her or something. Probably Um, interviewed her for a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, because they only did this in 2015, so she's still very relevant. Um, I think think she is um, Pakistani-born and is a gay rights activist as well on the side. I think so, because I think all scientists are straight white men from England. Well, yeah, but she's not a real scientist. You know, she just kind of makes the tea while the straight white men... Do yeah, science, obviously. I think so. That's what I understand, anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to listen to people that can't even put a train line where they said they were going to put a train line. They, they, you don't understand, Laura. There, there are train lines already there between Birmingham and Manchester. HS2 is just going to use those. It's exactly the same. Sure. Okay. Well, sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, and then we've just got time for some honourable mentions at the end. What about dishonourable mentions? Um, well, that's what the news is for. Hey! Ew. Um, Alan Turing. Yes. Father of the father of computing, basically helped um, the Allies win World War Two. Treated disgustingly. Yeah, treated disgustingly. Um, deserves so much more from this nation. But I thought he'd been covered quite well. He's, you know, everyone knows yeah, about Alan Turing. He's, he's famous. Um, John Maynard Keynes. Um, who's oh, someone... there was a college named after him at my university. He was a very fundamental economist, which is maths, but not really science. So I didn't include him. But also thought Tories should like him because he was an economist. So um... oh, I didn't know that he was LGBT. Yep. Um, a guy called Magnus Hirschfeld was very, very cool. He was a sexologist and an LGBTQ plus activist. Um, oh, I loved this one. Um, Robert D. McPherson and Mark Goreski, who are both mathematicians, who work... Mathematicians? Mathematicians. Well, they do like to mash. Um, they founded a new mathematical theory and then fell in love. And now they've lived together since the 80s after like founding a new branch of maths together. Oh, my God, I bet they're so boring, but I'm so glad that they're happy. You just know that they're just doing Sudokus and armchairs every yeah. day of the week. Mm-mm-mm. True love and maths. Woof. Sally Ride, astronaut. Sally Ride was the youngest <gasps> ever astronaut at 32 and the first American woman in space. Yes, I think I've seen pictures of her. She pops up in memes sometimes. That's how I do my learning. And then Audrey Tang um, is also a computer scientist. The only reason she didn't make it into a proper big spot on the list is because I ran out of time and she was at the bottom of the list that I got most of these things from. Um, damn you all. She is very cool. She's an open source hacker. 
um, who, um, yeah, uses ethical hacking to make, like, the online world a better place, including she invented a way that um, videos of protests could get shared around Taiwan, oh. um, even though the go- Chinese government were trying to crack down on that sort of thing. God, I'm so glad I live somewhere where there isn't a government sort of actively trying to crack down on freedom of rights and stuff yeah but freedom of speech mate you can say whatever you want as long as it's not dissenting at a at a party conference yeah 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 which is the way it should be you know say what you like but just like saying the right stuff exactly yeah um and that's 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 all the well that's that's the people i found Ron, I've had the time of my life here. Thank you for telling me about all these fictional people in science that are in no way real. Um, that um, and you won't be hearing about from next week. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So um, it didn't impact on the world at all. So just if everyone listening, the takeaway from this is that Tories aren't allowed to use computers, um, spit tuberculosis into them, and dirty their babies because they don't deserve any of this. Boo! Um, class affirmed. Class affirmed. And dismissed. Ron, say class dismissed. Sorry, I thought that was antsy. Class dismissed. I need to click leave the call then. <laughs> I need to stop recording, not just walk away. Hang on. Hey everybody, uh, this is um, Ron. Hope you enjoyed that episode. We just wanted to drop in a quick note to say that if you are an LGBTQ plus listener um, and you're looking for a safe little cuddly corner of the internet to hide in, um, drop us a message either at um, lexeducation at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or anything um, and you are very welcome to join our Patreon um, Discord channel usually only for patrons um, but just let us know and you're very welcome we love you